while we were singing, I went and worked out an agreement with uh, Cal. Rather than me try to monkey with the uh, technology and advance slides, I'll just ask Cal to advance the slide for me. So thank you, Cal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, my friends in Christ, I think of, of, of all the different words that Jesus has spoken uh, uh, about uh, following him. I think that today's gospel lesson has some of the most difficult words for us to understand as to exactly what, what's Jesus talking about there. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but when I read these words and hear these words, I can't help but ask the, the question that we Lutherans like to ask. What does this mean? Well, let's begin with this thought. Somehow, these words of Jesus, the these words, and you can kind of see, I will follow you wherever you go. These words of Jesus do have to do with us following him. I mean, that's, that's the context of Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 begins with the 12 original disciples being named. And then what follows is, is Jesus giving them instructions and, and sending them out to be his disciples. And then comes this conversation that he has with them on here's how a disciple lives. So, how are we to live? What does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus? I think before we can answer that question, there's a, a, another question that first needs to be asked and answered. And the question is simply this, what do we believe about Jesus? And the reason I think that's the first question we have to ask before we talk about what it looks like to follow him or why follow him is simply this. Life is shaped by what we believe. One of my favorite Bible passages out of Proverbs is this one. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. That's true, isn't it? What we believe shapes how we live. And so what we believe about Jesus, well, we must believe that he is something very special and that he means something a lot to us if we, in turn, want to follow him and live for him. So let's make the question personal. What do you believe about Jesus? I'm going to make it personal and share with you now what 
what I believe about Jesus. Cal, could we go to the next slide? I don't know about you. When I die, I want to go to heaven. That's what that yellow, that gold represents, eternal life. I want to go to heaven when I die because, well, I've heard a lot about the alternative. Doesn't sound very appealing, does it? No, I, and, and when I hear, when I read in the Bible what heaven is like, and, and I see the Bible kind of even struggling to find the words to describe for us what it's like to live in heaven with Jesus. I mean, you know, the best way the Bible has of talking to us about heaven is to talk about it in terms of what it's not. There's no more tears, no more dying, no more pain, no more hunger. But it doesn't, it doesn't have the glowing terms, the, the words to really tell us what it is. Because it's just so magnificent. I want to go there when I die. Don't you? Yeah. But there's a problem. I have a problem. And the problem is I am a sinner. I have not lived as God has called me to live. I have not honored his word. I have broken his commandments. For 71 years, I have lived, been living and breaking his commandments every day. And I know that that sin has to be dealt with. If I'm going to go to heaven, if I'm going to be with a holy God, a sinner in its sins cannot be there. And this is a problem for me because I know I can't get rid of my sins by myself. Think of it this way. Let's just suppose, and I, I know it's a lot of money, but it helps drive home the point. Let's just suppose that I owe you $100 million. And I'm in a job that is paying me $50,000 a year. If I were to give you every penny that I earned, it would take 2,000 years for me to pay back that. And that's not even talking about interest at all. It's just simply is not possible. Nor can I get rid of my sin on my own. But Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ lived and died and rose again for me. That's what the red is for. He did that and the, the, the perfect life that I could not live, he lived. While I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses me of all my sin. And the Bible tells me that by faith in Jesus, that forgiveness is mine. Perhaps the most familiar Bible passage of all that assures us of that is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah.
And so it is that through faith, I am forgiven because of Jesus and what he's done for me. And that amazing love of Jesus makes me want to follow him. And it makes me want to grow in my faith in him. And it makes me, makes me want to live for him. Because not only am I forgiven, I am now an heir of everlasting life. I will live forever in heaven because of Jesus. That's what I believe. I bet it's what you believe, too. I see so many heads nodding in agreement. I see it in so many eyes, so many smiles on your faces. That's also what you believe as well. And it's this love that shapes my life. It's these facts of what Jesus has done for me. That's what leads me to live in the way that I live. And it leads me to want to try to follow Jesus. And I imagine the same is true for you. But what does that look like in our life? Cal, if we go to the next slide. Um, when our son Marty graduated from Concordia University in Seward, the campus chaplain, Pastor Bo, gave a message to the graduates at the baccalaureate service in which he talked about what does it look like to follow Jesus. And he used these three phrases. He, means it, he says, it, to follow Jesus, to live for him, looks like this, that you don't have any reserves, no reserves that there will be no retreat in your life and that there will be no regrets in your life. And I think that is a great way to unpack what Jesus is trying to say to us in this morning's gospel lesson. No reserves when it comes to following Jesus. In other words, you're just trusting in the Lord for everything. There's, there's no plan B to fall back on. It's, it's just going to be Jesus and Jesus only, trusting in him to provide everything that you need. Jesus, I think, is getting at that point when he says to his disciples about his own lack of housing. Foxes have their holes, birds of the air have the nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus was living with no reserve, not even a home. He was trusting always in his heavenly Father. That's how he lived. And there will be no retreat from this following Jesus, no no turning back, no kind of fair-weather discipleship. Well, yeah, I'll follow him when it's all going well, but I'm going to check out and sit on the sideline 
when the task he's asking me to do is, is too imposing or makes me too uncomfortable and, and I, I, I don't want to go there. No, there will, be, there will be no retreat, no part-time following Jesus. It will be full-time. The way Jesus, I think, expresses that in the gospel lesson today is he tells somebody, let the dead bury their own dead, but, but you go. Don't retreat back. No, you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So let's just stop there. And if you'd go to the next slide, please, Cal. No reserves, no retreat, living like a frog. Fully relying on God. That's what the call of the discipleship is. That's what I want to do, but I can't do that. I, I fall short of that daily. And I think you probably do, too. Well, here's some more good news. Next slide, Cal. What Jesus calls us to do, he did. He did it perfectly. Perfectly he lived with no reserves. Case in point, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, who did he rely on? He relied on his father, didn't he? And on his word. Okay? Or when it comes to no retreat. Case in point, today's gospel lesson. It tells us there that Jesus resolutely, and I like how some versions of the Bible put, set his face toward Jerusalem. Give me your best look of determination. That's the look on Jesus' face. Nothing would prevent him from going forward. He would not take a step backward. It was on to Jerusalem, on to the cross. There would be no retreat on the part of Jesus. And because Jesus did that, because because he had no reserves and always relied on his father perfectly, because there was no retreat and he went all the way to the cross there to die for us. Because of that, you and I can follow him. It is as the Bible says, he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. For them. We can live with him and we can live for him. And be assured of this. Next slide. You'll have no regrets. People who are living in heaven, they have no regrets. Nor will we have any regrets about having followed Jesus, about having lived for him. When you are with him 
in heaven. If you could look back, I don't think we'll be able to look back. But if you could, you'd have no regrets about believing in him as your savior. That's what living what we believe about Jesus and what we have in him, that's what it looks like. No reserves, no retreat, no regrets. And personally, I can't think of any better way to live. Can you? And may that peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.